Video Game Crosstalk is now part of the Game Insider Network. For gaming and comics, news and reviews, go to game-insider.com for what you need. And there you have it. Crosstalk, the unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels. A casual conversation. This is Video Game Crosstalk, episode 046, the monthly podcast of gamers talking tech, science, and whatever else comes to mind. I'm your host, Anthony Rossi, and with me this episode is CEO of Claim to Fame Entertainment, Mike Crossman. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a good time. This has been an episode, like, a long time coming type of thing. Definitely, yeah. So... So how you been? What you been gaming on recently? Oh man! So between the three kids, I've uh, managed, <laughs> I've managed to have uh, time to do you know like uh, Call of Duty War Zones because they're quick. You know, if you die quick, you're mm-hmm. out. Um, really like that. It's fast paced. Um, you know, I was big into PUBG, but it just it just PUBG felt long. But these games are quick and uh, they're fun. Okay. You don't really have to invest a lot of time into them. You know. You know, I never got into the big Battle Royale games. It's just not my thing. I've talked about it a few times on the show how I'm more of like the solo RPG type of player. Um, how long do these PUBG matches typically take? Uh, I would say about anywhere from like, you know, a couple minutes based on where you land to, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, the longest I've gone is like 25 minutes. So. That's pretty long for a single match. Yeah, it feels quick, though, because what happens is it's like so fast paced at the end, you know, where the mm, circles are getting smaller. And so I think, uh, I mean, I'm more of a, like, I come from a World of Warcraft background. So, like, I like the, uh, you know, the lore aspect of games and raiding and PvP. But those take a lot of time. You have to invest a lot of time in those. Yes, you do. <laughs> so <laughs> I like the uh, – I, I just like get on quick games with, like, you know, the squad and going out and just, you know, getting a couple games in before bed. Yeah, I was going to say, because going from World of Warcraft into the PvP-centric games, that that's a big change. That's a big change in, <laughs> uh, in focus and in yeah. concept. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm big into League of Legends as well. I think I have a more of like, I like the competitive aspect of games. So gotcha. When like when I play like I play World of Warcraft, but uh, I do like competitive rating. You know, I, I like to have the ranks on the server, and then mm-hmm. and then PvP, obviously like arenas and battlegrounds, like the ranks on those, and then I guess that translates to like uh, League of Legends with like the rank system there, and then. Mm-hmm you know ranked gameplay or like ranking in a battlegrounds so like if you get like first place you know it's like just being competitive it's that competitive nature gotcha yeah i just you know and this is one of the wonderful things about gaming is that there is pretty much something for everyone definitely uh like it's the competitive gaming not 
not my <laughs> thing, but like I get it and I understand it. The the few instances I do a little bit of the PvP, uh, mostly in Destiny and a few other games here and there. I mean, I get it. It's fun. Yeah, but it's hey, different folks, right? Yeah, definitely. And that's the good thing about gaming, like you said, is you know if you want to just hit a solo game and you know i like zelda you know it's a very solo i mean it's a solo game and, and yes it's very much so only. so you know i i i like that aspect as well but i just coming from like a sports background and being competitive i just like to you know either win or lose you know but just being mm-hmm. like competing against somebody you know i think that really drives me in the and that's what esports that's why i like esports so much because it's oh we'll be getting into esports <laughs> don't you worry don't you worry about that yeah oh, we'll, we'll be getting into that the whole yeah Definitely. um so when did you kind of make the transition from like the World of Warcraft and the RPG into more of the competitive or were you always kind of blending the two? Yeah, so I started my my background in gaming was always like sports. So like uh, okay. Madden, FIFA, like NBA, any of the sports games that you could play cuz uh, mm-hmm. gr- growing up with a, a twin brother, you would always have games where you know, two-player games. So, oh yes. Uh, uh, so I do not have a twin brother, but I do have an older brother. Yeah. And yes, it was. As soon as you said, "Oh, we had the brother going on," I'm like, "Oh, oh dear God, okay, I know exactly where that went." Yeah. So but, like, uh, it, it was always driven to like, you know, who's better at this game, and um, so we always played like a co-op games or two-player games where mm-hmm. we play against each other. So that's where, you know, that competitiveness came from. Where it's like, oh, who's better? Who did this? And oh yeah, so sports was obviously the clear choice well and like back in the days the sports games are fantastic yeah because i mean they're the perfect co- uh, couch co-op type of game and just like get get it going with your friends when i was in college i knew a few guys who would actually like do the full league thing yeah. uh, on madden or uh, the when ncaa still had a game yeah yeah, yeah. Like they did the full thing where they would, you know, create their college player and do the whole import into Madden thing. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's that's back in the day. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Oh yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I am a gamer of a certain age, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I've joked a few times about how um, talk about the RPG games where I still call it Final Fantasy three because that's what it said on the cartridge when I played it. I realize <laughs> it's number six in the series. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm old, so <laughs> shut up, you little whippersnapper. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Very, yeah, very cool. All right, nice. So let's jump into the esports. Let's just get right into that. Uh, when did you start getting into the esports scene? Uh, I would say probably like 2015, like 2014, 2015. Uh, we started. Okay. Yeah, getting interested in. Uh, I actually like the business aspect of it. Uh, I know. Okay. If I if so I go back a little further, um, sure. I was competitive in Madden and in FIFA. So, oh really? Yeah. So I I did the travel to different Madden tournaments in the city and FIFA tournaments. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say like where would these uh tournaments or competitions take place? So down in New York City? Yeah, mostly in the city. I'd go. Uh, I went to a couple in Massachusetts, like Boston area, but. Uh, esports back in, I guess, you know, 2000, oh God, 2010, 
you know, 10 years ago, it, mm-hmm. it was a whole different scene. You know, it was more underground. It was, uh, oh, sure. You know, it wasn't as. It was just beginning. Like at that point, I'm trying yeah. to think. So 2010, yeah. I had just started dating my now wife. And it's like, I'm not even, I, I think I was. Uh, I'll, I'll come out and say it. I think I was still laughing at esports at that time. <laughs> you know, and I, and I say that with respect yeah. because my perspective has changed. And again, we'll get into that sure. later on. But I think I I personally was still not taking it seriously at uh, 2010. I think I knew that certain games, esports types games, were bigger overseas, like the whole, I want to say, StarCraft. Yeah, StarCraft, yep is massive yeah uh, but i just kind of figured that was something that happened in the proverbial quote over there type of thing right not right stateside yeah all right so 2010 you, you were getting into the actual competitions so uh were they selling out the barclay center at oh, this God. point <laughs> no they were like <laughs> in, the, in people's basements or like oh little, boy yeah like little oh like, super not- underground underground oh, punk yeah. show style nice oh yeah i mean these were like uh everyone brought their own equipment type of thing you know like you bring your own game so you can play type oh, of wow. deal yeah they weren't like how it is now where it's structured and it has like leagues and uh mm-hmm. you know commissioners and rules and everything it was like you know you got a sheet of paper with the the rules wrote <laughs> and everyone had to read up and, i mean it was it was very underground but like i mean even to this day, I mean, even in this area, esports is still fairly like, uh, like a question mark when people talk about yes. it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you can imagine ten years ago what it was like. Oh. <laughs> I'm imagining like some type of like um, dimly lit, grungy basement, uh, bare knuckles boxing style <laughs> esports tournament. Yeah, like Fight Club, you know, nobody yeah, talked about exactly. It. <laughs> Definitely. So, like, too many people smoking cigarettes <laughs> in the closed room. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. 2010, you really started getting into the actual tournaments and yeah. such. When did you decide to take this to the next level and establish what is now claim to fame? Yeah, so that's around 2015 after, you know, years of, like, competing and, you know, at whatever level I was competing at, I saw mm-hmm. different opportunities where, you know, gaming was getting more involved in, like, a pop culture and you could see, like kids were asking for you know playstation 2 and like it was start you you could see the age was getting younger and younger and younger for like competing so Hmm, it was never really an opportunity here in the capital region to say oh like where can i go to get better like who can i play against the best and like there was just there was never that outlet so my brother and two of my friends came up with the idea of you know getting equipment and providing like a service for and for like the esports community or like competitive community, uh, because not all esports and like is competitive. I mean, I mean, competitive gaming like the couch games and those are a little bit different. But they had like that. They there was no structure to it, as in like you know how where are we meeting up and where are we doing this and like mm-hmm. and everyone had to bring their own equipment i remember hauling around crts and xbox uh, and halo you know so uh, yeah exactly and i just thought we thought that like how could we make this 
like a little bit more professional, but also have some structure where, you know, let's go to the local GameStop and have like a Madden tournament at a Madden release. And that really like sparked ideas of, you know, really building that part of the community, but also Mm. providing an outlet for these gamers to have opportunities to showcase themselves. Because there's definitely demand for it at this point. Like at this point in time, there's obviously a growing interest in demand. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can see a lot of sponsors jumping in. You can see a lot of like uh, different companies trying to hone in on that esports demographic because, you know, you got these streamers and these gamers, pro gamers Mm -hmm. on Twitch, you know, with thousands, like hundreds of thousands of views. And there's definitely an opportunity there. And it's especially with like everything that's going on with COVID, you know, like you're in home, you know, you have to, you know, these gamers can't go out. So there's now there's opportunity to stream and mm-hmm. start building your, your, your product there, your, your brand, you know, we like to say, so. Ain't got nothing else to do right now. <laughs> so. Exactly. So yeah, there was definitely an opportunity to, to help the community just, what we really wanted to do was enhance the community. The community was always there. There was fraction here. All right. There. Gotcha. And we really wanted to put like push the professional aspect where all you had to do was show up and the equipment was there for you. Uh, you know, the, the tournament was ran by like tournament organizers and, uh, you know, it was in a professional setting. It wasn't in just some body's basement you know it was at this at different venues whether it would be david Mm -hmm. busters or lucky strikes or you know somewhere that had a a venue with a big space uh so we really we really started pushing that about five years ago and uh it spawned a different a couple different you know companies in the area that uh we've worked with uh game insomniacs uh we've worked with pastime legends uh, mm-hmm, and we, mm-hmm. you know, to do different events and you can see that there's that, that continuous trend of now the colleges are doing it. Uh, you know, St. Rose has an esports program. Uh, U Albany has an esports program and, uh, we really, that's really what our goal was, was to help just shed some light on the esports community in the capital region and show that there is, uh, someone, you know, trying to provide that service for people. Mm-hmm. So where were your first competitions? Where were those held? Uh, so the, the the very first one that I could name off the top of my head was at a GameStop. So we had – Okay. Yeah. So we did a Madden release party. Um, uh, well, it was a Madden and then the same month it was Halo. So we did a Madden tournament and it was like we, we partnered with Domino's and, and GameStop <laughs> and Latham. And they, nice. Yeah, they sent pizzas. Uh, they 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 gave us like shirts and frisbees like from Domino's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah. Hey, you know what? If they got them in the back room and they got advertising dollars to spend, might as well. Definitely. Right? So we you know we partnered with the GameStop and we said, hey, we'll bring we'll bring our Xboxes and our Playstations uh, and our monitors. All you have to do is like provide the game for us to use at that point. And uh, everyone that was waiting in line for the midnight release for that game. Uh, was entered in the tournament if they wanted to play, and then the winner got a free copy of Madden. They got their copy paid. Nice. So it was all oh, nice. Yeah, it was a cool little thing, you know. Uh, second place got like uh, half off or whatever. So it was it was cool, you know. And we did the same thing with Halo. Um, 
Uh, so we did we did a multiple different ones with GameStop. We did an NBA 2K one um, where they gave a free copy of NBA 2K tournament. So we did at, at Crossgates. That was pretty cool. Uh, we had a DJ there and everything. Uh, oh wow! Bring the whole party. Yeah. So it was. <laughs> it, 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 we were we were setting up these little foundational pieces for esports to start you know obviously that was free advertisement for us and then uh so on and so forth with with yeah. building you know putting the blocks together for it oh sure yeah you gotta start somewhere and man i really did enjoy going to a few midnight releases i was late to the game as far as heading up the midnight releases yeah uh, i can't remember the first one i went to i want to say it might have been fallout three okay yeah, maybe somewhere around there. That yeah, then I started to go. To the uh, there was a great one, and I can't remember which local mall it was held, but it was for GTA Five, and it was just like a massive crowd, yeah, uh, hanging out in the hallway of, of the mall, and it was just it was just a fun time because uh, some of the employees they had a bunch of giveaways from like advertising and stuff that they were you know trying to get rid of and just like throwing out random quiz trivia type questions yeah uh the destiny one was a lot of fun yeah like they tried a few times to set up little games or activities but they were kind of awkwardly placed and not really mm-hmm. well thought out <laughs> type of thing so it must have been a blast to have like an actually organized tournament for the game yeah. on its release night that must have been a blast yeah, I mean, we also did one for I believe it was Injustice Two, so okay. not not an esport per se, but like a competitive game, you know. And oh, sure, uh, you know, we set up some fighters, and you know, we brought the Sega Genesis and did some like old school Mortal Kombat. Oh boy, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we did we do things like that, and what we really wanted, like our goal was just to like I said, have this space for the community to come out and enjoy gaming and meet other gamers. And that's really our, yes. our mission. Our, our mission statement is that per se is to really like just build that community so that people have an outlet for gaming or gamers uh, and gaming culture, you know, gaming entertainment, mm-hmm. not just, uh, you know, esports. Esports is awesome. I love esports, but <laughs> we really, yeah, we really, you know, I'm a gamer at heart. So I, I you know, we understand that that kind of culture is still something that is, I mean, kind of underground still, but more like, you know, there's really in this area nowhere to really showcase that. So it's in a really weird phase. It's still like, I'm not sure how to describe it as far as gaming culture is concerned. Within the culture itself, it is very out in the open, unashamed. Uh, very social, very accepting. But then as soon as you step out of your little gaming circle, you get looked at funny. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. Yep. It's... Ah! Like, everyone knows that gaming culture is a thing. Like, it's known. Like, there's advertisements all over the place. There's events all over the place. And, like... Everyone knows that people of all ages play games, but it's almost as if they're still in denial or still holding on to the last like stigmas and outdated I- ideas of I-, I don't know. Yeah, I but, I definitely you know, I've it's funny I've had different um you know, those questions asked to me like, "Oh, like 
you know, the gaming culture, the gaming stigma is like that of, you know, lazy and not driven to do like, a, you know, mm. I, like being an entrepreneur in gaming is like, oh, how, how does that, how did that come through? Like, oh, do you have nothing else to do? And yeah, right. And when you really look at the business aspect of gaming, it's no other, it's no different than like sports, you know, like it's entertainment, um, you know, these sports mm-hmm. guys get paid millions. The athletes get paid millions. Uh, you know, they're representing a brand, which is their team. And it's no different than gaming. You know, you you know, you play Nintendo or you play PlayStation. You, you're a gamer for that brand, you know. And mm-hmm. so we get a lot of that. But, you know, obviously in different countries, it's different. You know, Asia, yeah. in Asian countries, you know, gaming is like the go-to thing. And uh, m- more mobile gaming, but gaming in general, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, here it's just, it's just, I think it's just because it's just a, it's a stigma that just sticks around. Yeah, it's it's loosening. I feel. Yeah, but yeah, you know what? Let them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's like let them. I started going to cons. I don't know, maybe around five, six years ago, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm kicking myself for not going to cons sooner. They're an absolute blast to go to. So much fun. Definitely. Yep. And that was even before I was doing the podcast where like, and that's well, kind of another thing. Um, you dip into these new social circles, you dip into these new social networks and mm. start meeting other people like who enjoy this same hobby or the same entertainment choice. And there's people from all different walks of life and so many, just so many different unique individuals and I've had the opportunity to talk to some amazing people doing this podcast and going through these cons and to hold on to those old stigmas. Dude, you're limiting yourself so much. You just don't know. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And yeah, I've met, I've met awesome people doing, you know, I've, I, we started doing the con thing and uh, we've done some, you know, events at cons, and we've also, you know, just gone to cons for uh, the enjoyment, you know. Uh, hey, how much fun was Empire uh, Gaming Expo? Oh, that was that was such a blast, and, and we need more of those. <laughs> yeah, we definitely, they'll come back. The, um, talking to the organizers, uh, Patrick and Nathan, like, they were they were heartbroken that they had to cancel this year. Yeah, or postpone. I should say they were absolutely heartbroken, uh, but I mean, it, there's nothing you can do right now. I mean, uh, I've been maintaining this podcast for the most part throughout this whole pandemic, and I could have sworn that we, we would have been done with it by now, and we might have had a shot at some of the fall con schedules, but apparently, yeah, apparently still here. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, we're still going. <laughs> Yep, and uh, you know it's unfortunate, but I think it's going to be, you know, when when everything comes back, I always say to everybody, you know, let's just relax, and then when it comes back, it's going to be you know better than ever because everyone's going to be excited to go out and do things. And oh, people are going to be 
aching to go <laughs> do some stuff. They are going to be ready to roll exactly. as soon as we're able to do anything. <laughs> exactly. There's... I wanted to go see a movie, and I totally forgot that you know the new mutant just came out. I wanted to see that, and mm-hmm. uh, I forgot that our theaters were completely closed. So it's yeah. Oh yeah, you're going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's unfortunate, but you know I'm looking forward to when everybody can get back to. Uh, you know, going out and having fun and doing, you know, whatever they enjoy out with other people. Mm, definitely. Did you know that Video Game Crosstalk now has a Patreon? It's true. If you enjoy what you're hearing and would like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash vgxtpod and become a supporting member like Susan Mays. All levels include access to Patreon-only mini-episodes I call VG Extras. Taken from this recording, Mike and I talk about the new Witcher mobile game that is based off a very, very friendly game, but of course has that special Witcher twist and flavor to it. Once again, go to patreon.com slash VGXTPod and become a patron today. Alright, so we're going to move on into some gaming and geekery talk. And the first one I got here, now this is really interesting to me as far as like technology excuse me, as far as technical development is concerned in gaming. And I just got this uh, quick little article from Eurogamer and Deathloop blocks the PS5 DualSense controller trigger when your weapon jams. <laughs> How crazy is that going to be? Um, it's crazy and probably frustrating at the same time because oh, you know, amazingly <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> yeah, when I read that, I was like, "What?" Like, I mean, I I get the elements of like uh, bringing like VR and like kind of normalizing VR because I know that's a big industry that people are gonna like developers are gonna start moving towards. So when they can start sneaking things in like that, where there's like in the in the gameplay stuff happens like that, mm-hmm. I, I think. I think that's you know i think it's a good way of introducing kind of like that vr feel uh yeah with like you know vr i like vr but it's like it's a lot at once and people like okay. the games and people like the way the games are played and so if you can introduce game you know little things like this into gaming now when vr starts becoming more normalized i think these things will help that you know so oh sure but i like this is something I would have never even thought was possible. Yeah. Type of thing. Uh, like, I, I mean, I get the idea, maybe not engaging the, the, the tumbler inside of the controller. So you just get like a dead click or right. something like that. Right. Uh, like, Oh, that I, I pull the trigger. Nothing happens, <laughs> but this is going to prevent you from actually pulling the trigger. <laughs> Let me get back to that. Art. All right. So from the article, uh, as uh, Bakaba explains, when your weapon jams in-game, the controller will block the triggers, preventing you not just from pulling the trigger virtually, but pulling the trigger on the dual sense. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting, and I wonder... I wonder. I wonder who developed. Like, who is sitting there? Like, oh, let's. This is a great idea. And then, just, who <laughs> is the evil son of a gun? That's like, all right. How else can we mess with the players in yeah. this in this situation? Um, this kind of makes me think of 
I mean, there's only a handful of games that really utilize every aspect of the DualSense controller. So I just uh, transferred over to PlayStation only a few years ago. I was on Xbox for the longest time. Yeah. And I think it was uh, Infamous Second Son was one of the first like PlayStation exclusives that I uh, picked up. Like I'm like, all right, I'm on PlayStation now. I need to make up for lost time. What are some exclusives I can play real quick? And I picked up that one at the local store. And in that game, you have to, you know, spray paint graffiti around the city of Seattle. And it's, it's more or less collectibles. Uh, they can go find the locations to spray paint the graffiti. But the way they do that is they have you turn the controller sideways and you, so it's like vertical. Yeah. And you grip it and you pull the trigger and you like shake the controller and move it around <laughs> as if you're actually using a, a can of spray paint. I'm like, that is, am- I mean, it's simple, yeah. and you, but it makes use of the additional technology, like the motion control stuff that's in the controller. And not many games use that. I mean, there's a few games that use the touchpad. Right. But that's about it. There's really no use of the additional technology that's like native to the controller itself. So to see that movement go into or to see some movement towards using the tech that's inside the controller itself as its own little peripheral, I I'm excited to see what other types of things people are going to come up with. I have, like, I have no idea where we can go from here, but yeah, that's where mine's more creative. Than mine. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's very interesting. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a PC player and so mm-hmm. I don't, the consoles I used to have the like the PlayStation two and then moved on to like the Xbox and went through Xbox and then I just like PC, obviously World of Warcraft's PC game. So mm-hmm. it just gravitated towards more PC games. And that's, you know, that's interesting to, that the controllers are actually interactive like that. I didn't really even, I didn't even really notice that, you know, or knew about that. And I think, I think it's a cool thing. I think it brings more, you know, it engages the player a little bit more. So every little bit of depth that you can get, every little, every little bit that you can add just adds to the immersion. Yeah. And it's really cool to see developers uh, tapping into some of this kind of ignored tech or ignored opportunities. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Next little article. Uh, so I, I understand you're an esports guy, but I had to throw this article in here for Dragon Age Four. We got a first look trailer from Gamescom, and so you mentioned that you played some of the uh, larger fantasy games uh, earlier in the episode. Are you a Dragon Age fan? Uh, I did play the first two, and everything that I like play like you know those fantasy type you know rpg games always just mm-hmm. hit me back into wow because <laughs> you know it encompasses all these like different things and obviously the games have their specific things and you know they have different things that draw their their uh, fans mm-hmm. uh, every time i get into like i want to say i want to get into a different game i'm just like well this just reminds me of like the game i'm already playing and i invest so much time in so it's hard like- for me to get in first <laughs> into those you know but uh, that's unfortunate because inquisition was amazing 
it was really good. Yeah, I heard great things about that. And like, I don't get me wrong. Like, I like uh, Red Dead Redemption was a, a game that I got into because, like, of what you can do and like just the, mm-hmm. the map and like you know what you can do with the character in the game. It's just amazing game. So mm-hmm. like, uh, but you know, as a gamer, you only have certain amount of time for certain amount of things. Uh, oh, I get it. I mean, at, at this <laughs> point. Okay, so what I'm doing right now, as far as like my gaming is concerned, yeah. is I'm working my way through Witcher Three, which obviously is just a little quick little skip in the park, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I passed on Witcher Three when it originally came out because I did not play the previous Witcher titles, and I had just completed like two hundred something hours in Dragon Age Inquisition. And I'm like, I I can't dive into another 200 hour RPG, right? Fantasy RPG. <laughs> I, I need. I gotta switch it up. I gotta do something else. But what I've recently been doing, and well, I do not play WoW, but I do play Tones of Destiny, <laughs> which is essentially. A, yeah. I mean, they're moving further and further into the MMO type sure. space. Yeah. <laughs> but what they've start, what they've been doing are these uh, seasons. These little every every quarter, basically every three months, there's a new little bit of story that you know, moves the campaign along or the overall story along. There's a, a new like brief uh, seasonal activity. There's this little stuff that just lasts for three months and then. You know, the clock resets and there's yeah. another new little bit of lore. And it's been great. Mm. Uh, so what I've been doing is I will play that season to my heart's content and like check off as many of the little check boxes for the seasonal completion. Yeah. And then I just put the game away for like the <laughs> next month or month and a half. Yeah. And I go on to other games. I'm like, you know what? I've gotten my fill. I've I've checked these boxes as far as progress is concerned. I, from here on out, I would just be doing more grinding for level advancement, but I'm not concerned about that. So awesome. I enjoy the game. I'm going to put it aside for a month and a half yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll come back when the new season drops. So, yeah. And right now the new season, because of COVID got pushed out to like November 10th. So I've got plenty of time. Uh, to play other games so yeah that's what i've been doing i've been uh playing other games i've uh started on the yakuza series and right now is witcher 3 Mm -hmm. so i can enjoy it now yeah (laughs) (laughs) i can actually you know yeah i can only play like an hour or two at night Mm -hmm. uh intermittently so it's like last (laughs) night i just did i a crap ton of side quests yeah. <laughs> basically like not even going to try to advance the story we're just we're gonna accept and just do a whole bunch of side quests moving through yeah and and, and it's worked but for dragon age oh man every time i see a new trailer that the game is being designed specifically for the upcoming tech as far as the next gen consoles are concerned yeah it's just like how like how long and it seems like we say this every generation. How long until we're playing live action movies? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, you know, uh, following the different games that are coming out, especially for new gen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the graphics are getting to the point where you're just like, you know, even with the sports games, it looks like you're watching the sports like live, you know? And, yeah. you know, these games with the combat system and like the fluidness of them and just how they're getting designed. 
it's just like wow like you're just gonna like that you know that's great it's crazy that you think that because like soon you're just gonna be in your own movie you know like and you're yeah. just gonna be right and uh you know i think i think like the witcher games have that same feel too and like assassin creed and those games like you know where they were and where they are now it's just like you get so immersed in them yeah so 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 pretty it, but like not just pretty but so massive yeah. and expansive um i like to tell people about you know certain aspects of gaming where like all right here's a picture here's a screenshot from a game and no this isn't a rendered cinematic this is just like in-game walking around if you happen to just like stop and look around this is the kind of stuff you see but beyond that, and what was really demonstrated in this trailer and some of the new screenshots that they shared, is that if you look out in the distance of this screenshot, that is not a backdrop. That is a mountain that you can actually climb. That is actually a 3D rendered environment that is scalable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. So this is just like... This is going to be an example of where I definitely build. No, really, games are art. Games are a mature art form. And the wild creativity and imagination that it takes to create something on this scale is just absolutely astounding. And I really hope EA is letting BioWare just be BioWare. Yeah. I really (laughs) hope. (laughs) Yeah, they care. Yeah. Ooh, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, that that stung. Yeah. That stung a little bit. I mean, it was a great game. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But there were certain aspects of it where I thought to myself, this got cut short and shunted because of a corporate decision. Like this, this mm-hmm. everything flowed beautifully and artistically up until a very distinct point in the campaign. And then we took a different direction. We had to finish. We had to finish this project up really quick and move our assets to other uh, initiatives. I'm like, hmm. Yep. Okay. That well, business is business. Business is business. You know, and it's it sucks when you can tell that they did stuff like that because you know, I playing different games over the years, you can see where they rush stuff. And, mm-hmm. and like you know it was great and then towards the end of the gameplay you're just like wait what like why is yeah. <laughs> why and then yeah and then, oh, oh, like <laughs> oh we're just gonna end it here yeah okay <laughs> all right this is all this beautiful development and conversation and exposition and oh i i completed the quest okay yep all right well moving on moving on to the next thing i, I guess but all right and now we're going to get into the article that i feel that you would have quite a bit to say about definitely yeah so (laughs) this has been this has turned into quite the saga and basically if you've been following the game news space this is a big story that just continues to develop and take interesting turns and essentially it's well I, i think I'm not sure if Google joined the fray with this, but uh, the article that I have listed, and you can go and find so many other spinoff articles and updates, is Apple fires back at Epic Lawsuit saying Fortnite Maker asked for a special deal. So from the best that I can gather, 
Epic tried to introduce a new pay mechanic where you pay Epic directly for your skins and other microtransactions. Mm-hmm. Is, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So this is your space. So I'm going to let you discuss this. So like, yeah. give me your take sure. on what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, something I've been watching because, you know, we are developing an app. So we deal with Apple, we deal with Google, and we have to... Right. I am I am so sorry. I did not ask you about the app that goes along with Claim to Fame. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> but you know what? Let's get into that after um, while sure. we discuss this. So, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, there's, there's certain loopholes or, or certain guidelines that you have to follow for Apple and Google so that your phone is secure and like you're not developing an app that gives or does certain things to hurt the company either mm-hmm. you know either back backdoor them with uh, money because they want to make money too but so from what I've gathered and what I've looked at is obviously uh Epic has become this huge monster because of Fortnite you know they they're just this whole you know, big, big company. And they just got, I think they just, they're, they're just huge now, you know? And so massive, massive success of this one game has turned Epic huge. Yeah. So yeah, go and, ahead. And so, you know, when, when, you know, I, I meet with CEOs all the time to talk about different things and, and, you know, whether it's gaming, esports, or like education or any of these things. But when you ask somebody for a special deal and you've been working with them and, you know they're a multi-billion dollar company as well you know i don't think like they don't they really probably don't care that epic is this multi-billion dollar company you know and and when you're asking for favors and then you go in and ha- with a hot fix and make it so that you don't have to go through apple to do stuff mm-hmm. that's a big no-no i mean you i mean these guidelines that you have to follow they're huge. You know what I mean? They're it's mm-hmm. they're not they're not simple. They're they're like to the T. And then if you submit a, a app design or development and they go through it and they kill it. They they hammer this thing to the ground and and to oh, or, I believe it. To the, to the, to the point where you have to redo the whole app and code it and everything. So the like to even to see it at this level and see it at that level hearing about it at that level, I'm just like that you know Apple is providing a service for you. You know, I mean, yes, mm-hmm. you are you are, de- you are a game developer and you are you develop this game and you know, you have the rights to these other games, but like Apple is the company that provides these things for you. So like if they can't do something special for you and the fact that you even had the brass to ask that is like <laughs> oh yeah, they shut them down. Quick. Oh yeah, and, they were just like and, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And didn't they put like PUBG as one of their featured apps like the next day? Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, that's, I, mean I, that I get that. <laughs> and, you know, it's a it's a competitive world out there, but that's the thing. Like, and then for them to sue and then get them, I don't know if Google's on board because I don't know. Google is very okay. Google is more lax than um, uh, Apple. Uh, just mm-hmm. development wise and like what you can submit and they give you a little bit more freedoms. And that's why usually you'll see apps go Google first because they're um, 
It's just they can get it out. Right. They give you more freedoms in different like things that you can do where Apple just like really hammers you to the ground and says, okay, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't mm-hmm. do this. So to see it at that level with our app development and then to see it at that level with like, I, you know, I respect Apple for saying, no, like, let's just keep it the way it is. We have guidelines. Everybody abides by those, whether you're Mike from claim to fame or you're, you know, Chris from, uh, you know, Epic games, everybody has to abide by the same. So I think, uh, you know, I applaud them for doing that, and I, I want to see how it turns out. But I don't see Epic really getting around this one. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so the idea is that they opened up this uh, mechanic where you can pay them directly for their stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Apple is like shutting them down is because I'm sure it's in their like agreement statement or contract or uh, protocol. I can't think of the proper word right now. But, like, they take a cut of microtransactions that operate through their storefront. Mm-hmm. But but this is understandable because they are the platform for distribution of your app or game or software, right? Right, yeah. So they they are the ones that help distribute it. So if you are going to have your game listed or your app listed on their service, you need to abide, like you said, by all these different requirements. And like I've never done app development, but I have heard that it's pretty much known. It that's that's the thing that Apple is very strict and demanding. Yeah. And what this kind of seems like to me is that Epic just didn't realize how massive apple is like epic is huge sure but it's on like a scale or like by an order of magnitude how much larger apple truly is and how much power they have over the apps that they promote and distribute on their platform definitely so like at first i was like i'm thinking myself what just happened is apple overstepping their boundaries is apple just being a big bully and they don't agree with something that a developer is doing so they're just gonna shut them down and then you read into it more and think oh no (laughs) epic what are you doing (laughs) yeah exactly and you know what like if apple allows them or like backs down from things like this other companies will just say, "Oh well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going, and it's just going to oh, the floodgates yeah. will open oh, so yeah. fast." Yeah, so like it, they really obviously need to set this and set the tone. Like, don't mess with us. We don't care who you are. Like, we don't care mm-hmm. what you've done for us or what we you we've done for you. You know, you're a customer, and it, you're, this is the service. You know, so. yeah. In in a way, I like, and I hesitate to bring in the comparison to organized crime. But it kind of reminds me of like the mobsters who are trying to get uh, flex their muscle a little bit, mm-hmm. but they have no concept of like like the small time gangsters have no concept of how deep the true mob actually runs. And I and I really do hate myself for making the comparison of Apple to an organized crime, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like. Yeah. It's kind of like the scale and magnitude of power and influence is what I'm trying to get at. It's like you have no idea what you're trying to go up against. You're just going up against like the the front facing uh, representatives or the front facing right. you know uh, interface, like to 
to see behind the curtain to see how far their reach actually is like they are far beyond like did did epic just assume that they were dealing with a single aspect of the apple empire for for, uh, uh, app distribution because they got resources far beyond just yeah. their little app store. Right. And I think that's what they got smacked by with with the full force of the Apple like distribution empire. Like, you don't know what you're dealing with, dude. Right. This is way beyond you. Yeah. This is way I, beyond. And like and like I said at the beginning, I think mm. either you know, Epic has gotten to the point where they don't care because they're they're at this level. I mean, I wouldn't say they're at the level of Apple, but I'm saying they're getting there, you know, with this. They are. And so I think they were just like, well, OK, you don't want to do us a favor. We're just going to do things like this and then we'll just settle in court. And is that the way you want to see it? No, but like sometimes. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. You can try to settle in court if you want, but you violated a contract. <laughs> Exactly. No, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, where, where does Epic get this? And that's where I say, like, why? Where does Epic get this mindset? Like, like it's so like they're blinded by like whatever that they like they have like in the guidelines. This is what you have to do. Like, so we'll see how it turns out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So, do you guys for claim to fame run Fortnite competitions? Uh, we have um, we did it on the Xbox. So okay, we did what we did was right. we set up like uh, was it twelve Xboxes, and we did like these custom like two v two games where it was like a more more of like a kill race tournament. So like okay, uh, you'd go in with a squad, and it'd be two of your team like your teammate against two other people mm-hmm. they, go, they go into a squad game and whatever team has the most kill the two you know but you're in the squad whoever has the most kills moves on type of deal or you do best out of three and uh so okay. it, it was interesting because like obviously we don't have a hundred xboxes to do like a whole server and <laughs> yeah that, that, that sounds expensive yeah <laughs> Uh, not for Fortnite, anyway. I'm not doing that. So, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. So this is really just going to affect like the, the and yeah, I'll say it: the casual players and like the kids, basically. Yeah, the, the, the kids that are buying, like, hey, mom, let me get your credit card for like mm. I need to buy these coins for whatever. Those like the V bucks and stuff. Mm. I, I don't think it's going to affect anything like server wise or any like tournaments or world championships. Okay, yeah, that's what I wanted to get into. Like, is this going to affect the esports scene at all, or do you think it's just like the casual players? I think it's the more because obviously it's mobile. They're mobile yeah. versions, so like you don't really see their mobile version played that often in tournaments now there are tournaments for it but like the esports scene is more on the pc or console okay. but i think it's uh like the world championships of uh, fortnite all pc you know so okay. like you're gonna see like maybe different sponsors <laughs> veer away or something but i don't see a big impact on it for like the professional aspect of it unless you're mm-hmm. a pro Fortnite mobile player that plays on an Apple device. Uh, yeah, if there is, yeah, in particular, a very niche, yeah, <laughs> very niche audience right there. Yeah. Right, well, yeah, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think it's interesting. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna watch it, and you know, like I said, do, us with our app, you know, um, 
we follow a very strict guideline on it. So, mm. and we don't, we don't do anything like microtransactions or anything. So, obviously, Apple's going to want to see some kind of form of if they're going to have the game on their you know development platform, they're mm. going to want to see some kind of okay. payment. All right. So you know what? I'm just going to throw this segment in right now because I don't have anything in particular originally for my uh, capital region unlocked. But you know what? Let's talk about your app for a little bit, and we'll consider that as the as my uh, capital region spotlight. Sure. Story. So if you haven't figured it out by now, and I'm speaking to the listeners right now, <laughs> uh, Claim for Fame is local to the capital region of New York. And you guys have been doing tournaments and competitions and uh, events all over the area. And to go along with your brand and with your uh, initiatives, you've developed your own app. So let's talk about the app a little bit. What is it? What's the intent? What can someone find on it? Sure. So the app is called Claim Your Fame. So it has a good play on the Claim to Fame entertainment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... The idea for the app was created about a year ago, um, and it goes further, you know, before that. We we were in some... Kicking around ideas and stuff. Yeah, so about, like, about the time we started Claim to Fame Entertainment, we wanted to create a platform for gamers to showcase their, you know, gameplay, their social medias, their highlights, and, you know, developing a website like that and having, like, a membership or whatever, that is a pretty penny that costs a lot of money, you know, uh, running the server, you know, getting the design and everything. So that was something that was going to be something once claim to fame started really rolling, we were going to move on to, to the next, to the next phase. And so I had the opportunity uh, to secure an investor for the idea of an app that helps uh, gamers streamers and content creators like build their brand so uh we do a, a gamification of like a profile similar to any profile that you like make on a social media and it's completely free and what we do is we use a leveling system uh based on like your brand potential or your brand identity so when you do stuff on the app like create events or share content um, or like upload con uh, upload videos. Um, these things go towards leveling your profile and the higher your level, the more you're showcased. So right now we're very focused on like the gamer, the, the streamer, the content creator in that space, but mm -hmm. we're building the foundation for entertainment as a whole. So musicians, um, you know, personalities, influencers. Okay. Uh, so what we want to do is, and again, this is the whole, the whole community feel, the whole, like uh, th that whole grassroots of like, you know, where do I start if I'm, if I want to stream and like, how do I start building my brand? How do I start building like my, you know, my image? And it starts with your social medias. You know, you, you put out yep. content in your social Absolutely. medias and you start, you know, posting stuff and you start, you know, you, you're putting content out and you're being consistent on it. You're either posting twice a day, once a day, twice a week, whatever you're doing. But these things are building your brand. And so we made, we created this idea of like, well, you're already doing it. You're already posting on social medias. You're already streaming on Twitch. You're already going live on Facebook. Let's make it fun, a, a fun way of building that 
platform for yourself so that it could lead to opportunities, whether it's a career opportunity or, you know, a team like signing with a team or, you know, an event sponsorship. These things are like, you know, we found that there's a huge opportunity in the market for, you know, finding that next ninja or that next, you know, big streamer like Dr. Disrespect or finding that next, um, you know, cosplay uh, streamer combo, you know? So what we wanted to do is we wanted to create this like free fun, like app that helps you do, you're doing these things already, but it helps you like just get, more involved and focused on the community. And so a sponsor, let's say someone's interested in sponsoring an event, uh, they can go search for what they're looking for. Maybe they're looking for a cosplayer in, in a certain area. And so this is where the levels come in. And let's just use Albany for an example, right? Let's okay. say, let's say uh, the Empire Game Con wants to get the top cosplayer in Albany. So they'll go on the app. And they'll go to content creator and, and cosplay, and then they'll go and see and search New York, Albany, New York, and they'll see, you know, the list of cosplayers in Albany and their brand quote unquote potential. So based off their level. So obviously the first person on the list would be someone that might have the most brand exposure on their social medias. Uh you know, is involved in the community uh, because they attend events and they check into the app and they're very involved in the app. And so that reflects, they say, oh, okay, maybe that leads to an opportunity for them getting hired for this con. So, uh, and it goes to gamers, like organization, organizations that are looking for players. Say you're, mm-hmm. a, you're a Fortnite player and you're, you're searching for a team or a college. Um, you can go to these different, profiles on our app and see okay uh, i want to see my local i want to see local teams in albany that are looking for a Fortnite player and then i can reach out to them and i can view their social medias which is viewing their brand so Mm -hmm. and, and it makes it fun because then uh you know you create an event for let's say you create an event for this podcast, right? You can have, you can, you can link the, the podcast link to it once this uh, is published and you can um, have people check into that specific event and it just showcases the event and it helps you level your brand. So let's say 300 people check into the, uh, the release of this podcast event on our app, right? That helps, that helps you level your profile. Because, because I was just so thinking, it's a, it's, a, it's almost like a currency, um, and mm-hmm. you you know you're similar to like destiny and leveling. The more you do, the more you level. So, uh, the higher the level, the more you're showcased. So, right. so I was actually thinking like I'm so I am on your app. Yes, uh, I do have a profile on there. I haven't been doing much with it because I just haven't. I'm dealing with two kids at home and a full-time sure. job and all the other fun stuff, unfortunately. But um, it is interesting to know that I am able – do I post stuff? So what we're doing and the way we want to be a little bit different and sh- like have our little niche in the esports mm-hmm. or, or this like a- the app space is like, you know, you're posting – uh, our our post would be like 
if you're creating an event and then that event okay. is showcased. So, okay. So, we so that's what I need to do. So I'll need to create an event and that event will be like the release of my podcast or one of my YouTube videos. Right. And then people can see gotcha. that now that's showcased to everybody on the app. And so mm-hmm. people can say, Oh, let me check this out. And once they check into that event, and this is just a simple click check in, they can see all the information of like the stream link or the website link. And you can link any of your URLs. And then, mm-hmm. uh, then that obviously that's another outlet of people viewing your material or your content. And that works for streaming that works for gamers that works for podcasts that works for like uh, video content, maybe like a show or whatever. So uh, it encompasses all those things. And obviously, um, you know, there's not really much to do on the app because we're building the foundation. Hey, we're building it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we actually just secured our phase two uh, last week. So we're building. Oh, more. nice. Yeah. So we're building more um, user experience in it so that you can do more on the app. And so let's say you wanted to take a clip of this, uh, you know, podcast, you could take this clip, a clip of this podcast and put it onto your profile. And then people can view your kind of like, um, quote unquote resume or some mm-hmm. of the, some of the highlights that you've done and the same with gameplay like if you have a cool gameplay uh you could do the same thing upload a video and then the cool feature that we're adding is where uh anytime somebody likes or shares your content they're gaining experience and they're gaining okay. and they're gaining you experience so it's it's almost like, hey, uh, let me help this guy out, but I'm helping myself mm-hmm. out as well because that's how building your brand is not only like what you're doing, but what other people are doing and how you're helping them. So, um, and it's okay. and it's completely free. It's not like, oh, uh, we're going to charge you to be here in a membership. No, this is the work that you put in and the work that you want to showcase is going to help you with whatever you want to do, whether it's, you know, make a career change or, mm-hmm. you know, have it as a part-time thing, but have a showcase maybe because it leads to different opportunities. So. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So I will definitely do a little event thing and try that out once this episode gets, Perfect. gets published. All right, dude. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah. That, and you know what? Anytime there's an event there, um, you know, we like to showcase it. So uh, every day we post it on all our social media. It's like, hey, check out the new events. Check out events coming up. Uh, make sure you download the app so you can check in. But if not, mm-hmm. these are the people that are on it. So, you know, we you, everyone's, you know, building their platforms with Facebook, Instagram. You know, they're already doing all this work. We didn't want to give them something extra, but we wanted to give them an outlet that, hits that demographic you know specifically gotcha yeah all right for you the listeners of video game crosstalk podcast audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash vgxtpod and sign up for your free trial and download one of over 180,000 titles such as Book 2 in the Witcher series, The Time of Contempt by Andre Sapkowski. Once again, go to audibletrial.com slash vgxtpod and sign up for your free trial. And moving on to the final segment of the episode. These are the final five questions. I ask every guest five questions at the end of every episode. The first two are always the same, and the last three have a theme. So, here we go. First question coffee or tea uh tea 
What kind do you drink? Uh, I would have to say if it's tea, it's like iced tea. Uh, I'm not a fan of hot drinks, but really? you know, hot chocolate, I, I definitely would. Okay. Well, I mean, everyone. <laughs> uh, and then when I was in Germany with my wife, uh, she's German, we had hot wine, and I'm not a fan of that. So, um, mm. And I worked in the Stewart's for eight years. Uh, for people that are local, they know what Stewart's is. So oh, I could not oh, yeah. stand coffee at all. <laughs> oh, that's that's tragic. But all right, you enjoy your tea. You enjoy your tea. Okay, question number two. So obviously you play video games. Do you play any tabletop games? Uh, yes. So one of my buddies uh, is really big into tabletops, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> he has uh, like a pretty good collection and before like the kids and the, obviously the pandemic and everything mm-hmm. when I had time to you know sit down and play you know get together yeah. and put games together uh we were playing a lot of dead of winter uh it's like I'm not familiar with that one oh it's it's an awesome game it's like a okay. co- co-op survival like zombie game like okay and, and one person nice. creator uh, but they have to you have to complete missions every as a team but individual so everybody has like a team okay. mission and then in their card they have an individual mission and oh one, nice nice and okay one, I've, i played that type of game yeah okay. and one might be like a saboteur so like it's a mm-hmm. it's a cool game you know it's fun uh i love like king of tokyo those, those are fun like just okay. games um but yeah i think uh you know i dabble into anything that they put in front of us just to play i mean you know nice they, it's competitive <laughs> i see it as a competitive <laughs> yes. okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay we can yeah. go with that yeah <laughs> All right. So moving on to the final three and the theme for this, I'm going to work with the word fame for claim to fame. And the whole thing will be about one hit wonders. So (laughs) question number three in the, in the topic of one hit wonders, can you do all the dance moves to the Macarena? Oh uh, yeah. I'm I'm not a dancer, but I, I, but you can do it. Yeah, I'm. I come from a Hispanic heritage, so like uh, when that song came out, obviously it was. Oh dear. Yeah, it was just killed at every <laughs> gathering, and so if I don't know that, like my mom would be. Oh, mad. your mom would have. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, so I could do it. It w- it doesn't look pretty, but I can get it done. But it can't get done. But it'll get done. <laughs> All right. Question number four, do you jump around for the entirety of House of Pain's jump around? No, I turned that off. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, uh, I I get going on it, but I think uh, I'm a big 90s. I love 90s music. And, and, you know, that's a song that if it's on my – very iconic. Yeah, if it's on the list – uh, you know, you definitely when you hit put '90s hits on it, you know it, it, it gets it gets you going. You know, so definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is interesting, and uh, I just thought of this now. So my wife actually graduated from University of Madison in Wisconsin, and apparently, this is like the song to play at their football games at U Madison (laughs) (laughs) to the point where, and I'm I'm just going to assume that it's a rumor. I suppose I could check through the power of Google in front of me. They actually built their new stadium 
with the consideration of the fans jumping around oh while they played the song. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. So uh, <laughs> it was demanded that that song get played at our wedding. <laughs> wow! All right. Yeah, Did you it was like that. That that was a uh, this needs to get done. Oh. It, it's. So all of her, uh, a bunch of her friends from college came like, no, we'll jump around. We are playing jump around. I'm like, it was, okay. It wasn't the song you guys came out to, was it? No. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, I wanted to do the, the Halo 2 theme. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. But no, our DJ, our DJ won with the classic, uh, the Chicago Bulls entrance. Oh, okay. Perfect. I Which, mean, that's good too. <laughs> I mean, I, you really can't argue against that. Yeah. Okay, so final question to wrap this episode up. Name a one-hit wonder that you would think deserves a modern rock cover. Um, what would you like like to hear? Like, get a metal remix for a one-hit wonder? Oh my god! Uh, I could think of a few metal. So she's metal, rock, whatever. Well, I know. Uh, so the zombie song by the Cranberries that, that oh got, yeah, yeah. That, that got a metal cover uh, by Bad Wolf. I, and yeah, I think there excellent. was like a uh, there was a there must have been like an album because like I've heard a whole bunch of yeah. like rock remixes recently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I would have to go with hey, once you said '90s music, I always have my go-to '90s song. It's uh, yes, <laughs> okay. And there, and, and there's there's no judgment on this. Uh, you know, no, no. <laughs> let your free fly. So uh, I would like to see "How Bizarre" by OMC. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear someone scream how bizarre. <laughs> that would be uh, something very interesting to hear, yeah. Well done, sir. Thank <laughs> you so much for that song suggestion. <laughs> and that is all the time we have for this episode. Time for end of show plugs. You can follow me around on the internet pretty much everywhere at HyperSyntax, H-Y-P-3-R-S-I-N-T-4-X, or you can follow the podcast directly on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also visit the website for full show notes and other blog posts at videogamecrosstalk.com. Additionally, my Destiny lore videos have been picking up steam. It's been a lot of fun to do. So you can go check those out at youtube.com slash C slash videogamecrosstalk. And as for my guest, Mike, where can our beautiful listeners follow you around? Uh, so everything we do is, or everything I do is basically through like claim to fame entertainment. Um, it's very. I know it's long, but it's stuck. it's stuck, and hey. uh, that's Facebook. You know, the URL was available. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter is a little different because obviously you can't fit that. You know, they give mm-hmm. you a character limit. So it's C2F Gaming, um, and then you know we have our TikTok. We do. I do uh, just kind of meme videos of college okay. yeah not nothing like crazy but spectacular but funny videos i tie in a lot of 90s music in with it so it's pretty oh i guess i'm gonna have to go check it out <laughs> definitely <All right. laughs> um so yeah claim to fame entertainment if you search that we're definitely coming up uh everywhere for anything with gaming 
uh, since we do have it trademarked in the esports space. Uh, okay. And um, <clears throat> uh, and in our all our social medias, obviously, we've been building it for the last five years now. So, yeah, you know, uh, and then claim to fame entertainment.com. That's again long, but it's it sticks. It's it's part of our brand. Mm-hmm. And then the app is uh, it is something separate, uh, just so that we have like an informational piece, and that's claimyourfame.gg. Um, and and you can find all the information about the app on either web uh, on both websites. But that one's just more informational piece for it. So, all right. And if you are a gamer or know a gamer that wants to talk some tech and science news, let me know. Do you know some tech news you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have any other general questions you'd like to hear answered on the show? Send an email to videogamecrosstalk at gmail.com and give me the deets on what's going down. Please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and share this podcast all over your social media accounts. And we can be found on pretty much any podcast listening service. Thank you one last time for hanging out with us. And Mike, thank you for joining me. Thank you. All right. And in the words of Confucius, it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop. Stop.